Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger-hosted anthology series, Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by listeners who donated to the Okra Project. Donations are now closed. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. I mean, you should still be contributing to the Okra Project. You just won't get any more episodes of the show. Um, this week's patron is Chaz Monkey, and our guest, one of my very, very uh, best college friends, um... She's here to join us. She is known out in the Twitch sphere as Trick Disco, but I know her as Rex Daly. Welcome to the show, Rex. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm so excited to talk about this crazy bullshit with you. Oh, me too. I think we picked two of the best episodes for it. I certainly hope so, because sometimes, I mean, you know, it's kind of luck of the draw, just depending on, like, you know, when the recording is, but sometimes... yeah. Sometimes the episodes, like, pair perfectly with the person, and sometimes they do not. Oof. Um, but yes, so Rex, do you want to talk a little bit about your Twitch before we like dive into it? Yeah, sure. So I stream on Twitch at Trick Disco. Um, I mainly play uh, Phasmophobia and World of Warcraft. It's a pretty chill stream, very raunchy, very lewd, uh, but we like to have fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> raunchy is fun. I agree. I think that's a huge part of being in the LGBT community is keep it raunchy. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and raunch visibility is so important. I agree. And I did say that sarcastically, but it is also really true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, you 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 are horny forward, and that's the kind of yes. content that I want. I think everyone should be horny on main. I think it's time. Yeah, it, it, what have we what have we to lose <laughs> <laughs> at this point? At this far in quarantine. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, speaking of horny on main, we're mm. we're here to talk about Freddy's Nightmares season two, episode fifteen, Prime Cut. Um, original air date was January twenty first, nineteen ninety. Here's what you could have watched instead that weekend. Um, you could have watched Tremors with Kevin Bacon. Speaking of things that Ooh. make people horny, mm-hmm. um, the writer on this one is Michael Kirschenbaum. He's done a couple of these. Same with the director. He's uh, David Calloway. He did the previous episode, Identity Crisis. Okay, here's the cast that we're looking at here. Um, as Johnny Travers, we have Tony Dow, who was Wally on Leave It to Beaver. Oh, okay. He does He does not look like he did at that time. I, did, yeah. I would not have recognized him. Um, as Ginger Tracker Morgan, we have Sun, Sandal Behrman. Um, she has been in a lot of... Uh, I can't think of the right word. You tell me what the word for this mm. category is. She was in Conan the Barbarian. She was in Red Sonja. Like pulp. Yeah. Pulp movies. Yeah, sci-fi. yeah. And Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she actually had a career, I guess. And, yeah. Um, as Jake Hopchick, we have Donovan Scott. He was in I Know Who Killed Me with Lindsay Lohan, as well as Back to the Future Part 3 and Police Academy. So these people at least are working. Yeah. I can't say I've heard of them, but congrats to them. <laughs> I know their work. Yeah. So we've we've seen them for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Rex. Yes. Here's here's what happens in this episode. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> we uh, again, a uh, 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 kind of a hallmark of Freddy's Nightmares is that give from the first scene or maybe even first 10 minutes, it is almost always impossible to guess how the episode's going to end oh yeah it blew my mind (laughs) but 
like knowing what this episode's about, then retroactively going back to how it opens with a weird nom flashback with helicopter sounds. And then the guy says, I wasn't even in nom. Yeah, and that's what? just it. The nom part is over. <laughs> um, <laughs> why? <laughs> it's, it's, I, I guess, it's, is it funny? I don't. I, don't I enjoyed so. the whole thing except for that one part. I was like, I, I don't know what emotion I'm supposed to have. That's very common in the show also. Oh, good. <laughs> it's like, was this intentional? Was it not? Is this funny? I'm. Who am I? And the rising level of horniness. Like that part when she grabs him into the tent. Like everything was building, building, building. And then suddenly she's out there like just in her lingerie. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> oh boy we will get to that scene because you know we we need to to dive deep on that but (laughs) so basically there is a trio of man friends who are going hiking um they are all incompetent businessmen so they've hired a tracker um to help guide them in their hiking camping journey and they're like oh i wonder who he's gonna be what he's gonna be like he's gonna be all macho and tough and surprise it's a girl but like the most butch girl in the world. Oh yeah, I mean, but we we stand soft butch ginger tracker Morgan. Mm-hmm. Yes. She is she is she is treated like she is Cindy Crawford in a bikini, like running up, and she's just like a very capable, like yeah. dressed dressed for the situation woman. And they're like, whoa, there's a vagina walking in our midst, <laughs> like flannel shirt tucked into her hiking pants bombshell oh, yeah. and not not to like let's not get it twisted she's hot but yeah <laughs> but the, the way that they're reacting is very it, it's like they've never met a woman who has ever been able to do anything before yeah it's very old school awooga <laughs> like... yeah so that's that's the beginning of the journey that we're <laughs> on with um what's up with their libidos um and basically, she's already kind of, like, flirting with them. She's like, if you're going to sleep with me, you better get going. Which is a choice. Um, yeah. Now you go, Ginger. Um, <laughs> Freddy's in his liminal space. He's like, a hunting, we will go, kill them all. Yeah. Like, he's I'll kill them fun. all, still stand on my limit. It's a whole thing. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was like, he's having fun. <laughs> yeah. Which, frankly, he is not always. Like, oh. this is still a lot of the like kind of free association like Judd Apatow credits blooper sequence okay. that, that he's doing. <laughs> but he's at least amusing himself which he, sometimes he he does seem not very happy to be here yeah um but yeah so we're out in the woods with Tracker and, and the boys my favorite band <laughs> um so she's making the men set up the tents while she does something or other I don't remember um, but one of them pulls out the stakes for the tent and she's like, no, put those away. And I'm like, that was so good. That what? Oh, you mean that her? That was so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But also I was like, did you not anticipate that there would be stakes involved in the tent raising? Yeah. She was so intent on, I can do the tent. It's a one man job, but also I can't do it. I'm too scared. Or, or maybe, yeah, maybe it's because he was holding it. Like if she's holding the stake, she knows it can't be stabbing her because she's in control i don't know yeah maybe <laughs> but it's like how often do you accidentally impale someone on a tent stake i mean coming up with what that guy does with the hammer next okay i mean 
<laughs> That's fair. Um, but she does mention that her husband was killed in an accident. A wooden stake went right through his heart. Yeah, what? <laughs> it's, you know, we're, we're, all, we know that we're trying to do a vampire thing. Like it's, it's yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't know, it's probably because you were six years old watching this. So, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. going to be shocking. If you missed this clue, there's so many more. There's so many more. <laughs> but first, um, as you already mentioned, this dumbo just smashes his own hand to smithereens with that uh, tent hammer. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, oh, yeah. A hint number two. Ding, ding, ding. Um, she's like, <laughs> the best thing for a wound is saliva. And she sucks out the blood. Just literally the worst thing you could do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah, and then they get so horny over this. I mean, I know blood plays a thing, but these, these guys seem very yeah. vanilla. <laughs> so um, it seems. Yeah, but she's sucking on the hand, and they're like, holy shit. Can... One of them says, can you believe that hand action? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to cut my thigh tomorrow. Just like I'm so sorry for you, man. Yeah, it's like, also, I mean, you know, the inner thigh is a nice place, but it's like, sure. If she's just sucking on the site, so you'd be getting like a thigh hickey. It's not that exciting. Like it's nice. Yeah, so it's still my blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I feel like it's like okay, you're wounded. Let me take more blood from you. Should not be the solution that they think is viable. Yeah. You would think. Because, yeah, blood play, but sucking it right out of my open wound? I don't know, man. <laughs> Suck my open wound, man. <laughs> um, But, yeah, it's they're all, you know, kind of, like, jockeying for position of, like, who gets to fuck our tracker that we hired, which is so inappropriate. Yeah. Um, But one of them's like, you know, you got you to gotta make him wait. You got to make him beg for it. Think you don't care. And it's like, okay, that's, that's cool. Yeah, when she's been so clearly, like, down the whole time. Yeah, I mean, she is really delivering on the fantasy, because, of course, she wants to suck their blood. Exactly. Um. Oh, and then the, the, the one guy who was cutting his thigh was like, I've, I've never felt anything like that. My wife usually just hands me a Band-Aid, as if that's a bad thing. Yeah, like, how could she? Yeah, it's like, I wish my wife would suck my hand. I wish my, every time I get hurt should be a sexy time. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's not the moment. It can't all be that scene in Beauty and the Beast where she's tending to his wounds. God, yeah. But I do wish it could be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um. So while they're sleeping at night, they hear bat noises. He does have a dream that she's brushing her fangs and then makes them eat worms like in The Lost Boys. I was I literally wrote worms, Michael, in my notes. <laughs> yes. I it's 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 not the strongest like callback, but it, I mean it's clearly a reference to The Lost Boys, but they don't go as far as it with it as I wanted them to. Yeah. And then um hint number 86, um she is deterred by one of their cross necklaces. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Oh, oh, and this is the the extra creepy horny part is next, where the, the guy who talked about his thigh is telling a story about how he slept with this woman because he, he got his friends to fake a thunderstorm um, <laughs> by, like, spraying a garden hose from a roof and, like, shaking a metal sheet to sound like thunder. 
Um, but then one of them fell off the roof as he deserved. Um, yeah. And the woman punched him in the face and they had to go to the hospital. And that, wh- why, why is this, ha- this guy's not even, but he's barely a character. Why do we need all this backstory for these horrible things he has done? Well, you know, it's the inherent sexiness of a thunderstorm. <laughs> it adds a lot. Well, I think it was the thing of, <laughs> oh shit, what is that? Oh, um, you do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Oh yeah, you bet your ass. Okay, hell yeah. I think it's a thing that Dennis does where it's like you're out on the boat and he's like, it's the implication. Yes, it's the implication. Yes. Where it's like you're trapped and you can't go anywhere. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly it. Yeah, it's it's grim for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ginger like really tightly embraces Todd. She says she has super sensitive skin. Rub on my sunblock. It's called Sun Dead 350. Which oh, hell yeah. Is, it's cute. We could use some of that, honestly. Oh, I'm, yeah, between <laughs> you and me, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we would, we would r- r- that company's stock would rocket. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, so what, yeah, she's basically like kind of going off with, off with men and the one Johnny keeps like dreaming that she's just devouring them and waking up again. It's all very Freddy's nightmares. It's not, not really yeah, worth. The... Sorry, what? I said yeah. I, I forgot at which point though they mentioned the bats to her, and or like he steps outside. And she's like, "I heard your footsteps." He's like, "Wow, what good hearing!" And she says, "Like sonar." <laughs> That's probably my favorite. <laughs> that is really great. I, it's just there is nothing that this woman does that is not vampire vampiric yes she's never just you know like getting firewood no everything everything has has to be done sexily and or with blood oh yeah Ooh. oh yeah um but so one of the friends has gone missing at this point and the other friend's like well she probably got naked and boinked him to death <laughs> he's he 14 years old yeah because also, like, if you're talking about fucking someone to death, the the presumption is generally that the person is naked. Like, it's it's so yeah childlike <laughs> to point that out that she had to get naked first. <laughs> um, sixteen minutes in, um, much like how they held off saying the word exorcism, um, in the Exorcist until about halfway through, um, they finally mentioned the word vampire at at the sixteen minute mark. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Um, they, they finally, she gave them all the clues. Yeah. Clue number four, vampire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, she's practically playing a game of hangman and they have the, like the letters ampire spelled out and she's like, <laughs> and they're like, D? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's very twilight where it's like, oh, she, she can't go out of the sun. She's impossibly fast and strong. Um, he, yeah. does, he does see, oh, sorry, what? Oh, I said, yeah, sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, she slashes Jake's throat with her claw fingies. Um, she's like, don't try to run, Johnny. And she lifts him off the ground. And she's like, I want you alive. I need an ally. I mean, that was hot, though. Oh, it was hot. And then, I mean, this line, she's like, I need sex more than blood. I thrive at night, and sex was made for the night. Oh. She's like, my bite is lust for life. <laughs> She gets high on life. She really does, and I appreciate that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, she she does drink Todd's blood, and then he backs away over a cliff. That's a dream, but it was funny. <laughs> um, and then basically, he wakes up, and it turns out she was never a vampire at all. She was actually his pilot on a kind of small aircraft that crashed, and his two friends have been dead, and she's been feeding them to him to help him survive. Um, and he keeps retreating into fantasies of her being a vampire uh, to avoid his harsh reality. That, the whiplash of that. <laughs> Just comes out of nowhere. It's like, this, oh. is a, this is an anthology horror show. It can be about a vampire. That's fine. <laughs> it knocked the wind out of me. <laughs> I could not believe. I was so like, oh, right, back it's vampire. That never, what? Yeah, it's really, really strange because... Like, while there are a lot of dream sequences in this show, typically when people wake up from the dream, the exact same thing they dreamed about happens again in real life. Okay. So it's usually not... The it's like twist. a premonition. Yeah. Or like, okay. you know, it's it, the dream is a manifestation of their stress about this event that they know is probably going to happen and then it happens or whatever. Like, oh, my mistress is going to shoot my wife because she wants to reveal that I've been cheating or whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, this one is, honestly, I mean, I'm shocked that this is maybe the first one to go the, it was all a dream route, but I'm, you know, good job saving it for this far into the show. <laughs> I think they could have gone a little longer. I was enjoying that plot too, as much as I could. Oh yeah. It's so much better than the second plot. It really is. It's such a, such a waste. Um, but yes, so... Freddie's back on his thing. I literally, I just write, I just type feverishly whenever Freddie speaks because I do want to capture anything that he does because that's like why anyone's watching the show theoretically. Yeah. But this is just fully a paragraph where he's like, cannibalism in America is a serious problem. Eating human flesh, don't know where it's been. Something about having the government expect human meat. Join my campaign. Don't thank me. I'm just a public service kind of guy. And I'm like, this is... Just like the episode, it ends in a much different place than it begins, and he's just on a journey. Yeah, it was <laughs> an interesting PSA option. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe it was funnier in the 80s when PSAs were way more of a thing. Yeah, I feel like that must be... There had to be a reason for them to go that route, right? <laughs> uh, I don't... I'm not convinced there's a reason that they do anything on this show, but probably. True. <laughs> Um, yeah, so in the second half of this episode, we're, you know, we're still at the crashed airplane. Yes. Uh, um, they're like, we've exhausted the natural food supply and there's no way out of this canyon. And like, what, you have eaten every animal in this giant canyon you're trying Yeah, in? there's no animals, there's no berries, and they can't climb the smallest rocks. <laughs> like, a, a ledge so short that multiple people fall off it and don't even get injured in any way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, okay, we'll get to that when we get to that. But there was a fall that blew my mind as well. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, okay. So he, he, you know, he's still having a hard time dealing with the cannibalism. He has another nightmare that park ranger show up with a ladder and Ginger turns on him and's like, no, he ate his friends. He likes it. Oh, <laughs> Um, also, magically, they have a radio with them, and the radio just keeps updating them on this escaped lunatic called Butcher Moran, who um, 
is just wandering in the wilderness also doesn't really come to that much. Yeah, another just out of nowhere. Like, as if the stakes couldn't already be higher in this abandoned canyon. There's also a butcher on the loose. Yeah, and cannibals and vampires. There's nothing that's not in this episode. (laughs) Um... But yes, so basically the radio also reports on Johnny being missing, but they're calling off the search because they're like, well, he couldn't have survived this long without food, so fuck him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then Freddy shows up again. He's like, poor Johnny, poor Tracker. Now they've got no more food. Or do they? They've got each other. That one did make me laugh. Yeah, that one's good. Give him that one. It does not adequately set up the story that we're about to get because they don't really ever consider eating each other no yeah um except for in the genitalia sense oh hell yeah Yeah, really truly horny episode (laughs) no thing is hornier than prime cut yeah honestly (laughs) yeah and um they're they're kissing and he's like grunting in pain either from the plane crash or just that's what his kissing noises are like oh god yeah um, but then they're having... He's got the splint in his leg the whole time, and they're doing these acrobatics. <laughs> really? Yeah, and, and they do have sex, and she's like, sex is like laughing in the face of death, and we need body warmth to survive. Um, I think there's... The line is like, we're doomed, so let's die doing it? Is that really... That was the line? I think so. It's a great oh line. Oh my god. That sounds right. Um. Anyway... A new character alert, Mary Beth, his fiance. <laughs> um, his fiance is very much a, like, you know, rich daddy's girl, Alicia Silverstone and Clueless, like, vapid yes. heiress nonsense. Um, she has hired her own tracker, who is a sexy dude. Um, and he is so annoyed with her because she keeps falling down and he's like you don't have to come <laughs> she's like I my must. far best character was this dude <laughs> yeah he's just so irritated <laughs> um but yeah she's like she very tenaciously wants to rescue him and if she can't do that she at least wants to confirm that he's dead for the insurance money <laughs> yeah valid <laughs> i mean yeah no she's she doesn't want to wait seven years and i'm like clearly you're already rich so i don't know what the problem is but whatever <laughs> mm, true um and yeah so ginger's like oh your feet you have a fiance and he's like well i hate her but she's perfect for my lifestyle i'm like what the fuck does that mean i I look perfect for my lifestyle what more could you want in a wife (laughs) yeah so romantic but also you'd think that you know if you're in the market for like a trophy wife you want them to be able to do shit for you or i guess you have staff so you just want them to look pretty yeah but like She's just so useless in so many ways. Truly. Um, and she's complaining about maybe being attacked by a rabid chipmunk. Um, she threw away all of the ranger's gear because she needed her essentials, a.k.a. a bunch of stuffed animals. Well, in the, the hair jar, like, things you have to plug in. It was very, like, children's movie joke. It really is. It just, Mary Beth is a cartoon character. Yes. But yeah, so, so they do find them in a canyon. And a- as the park ranger says, that's a dead end canyon. <laughs> you know, as you have. Yeah, of course. Everyone knows a dead end canyon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's, he has to go back to get the supplies that she, you know, threw out. 
And so she's mad that he's leaving. And she's like, Johnny, stop him. And Johnny at the bottom of the ravine just gives this hilarious sitcom shrug. Oh, man. He's like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm literally in a dead-end canyon. Yeah. There's, there's no way out of here. We've exhausted the food supply over two days. <laughs> um, Mary Beth... Oh, oh, this must be the scene you were talking about where she tries to repel, right? Oh, yep, yep. You okay, knew. What, why don't you walk us through the scene? Okay, so at this point, her guide has left. And she's determined to get into that canyon and rescue them. So she pulls a rope out <laughs> that is not nearly long enough tosses it on top of the bag and then pretends to wrap it around her waist and immediately falls backwards off the cliff. She like, she, she does a lot to give the image that she is about to be repelling. Yeah. Like she knows what she's doing, but it's clearly attached to nothing. (laughs) That also took my breath away when she just <laughs> flew right off the back of the <laughs> But then she lives. Yeah, it's not a... It, really, the ledge should not be a challenge. I, I really thought they were going to eat her because I thought she was going to die right there. And they're going to be like, ooh, food. But, oh. Uh. Surprise, surprise. Nope. <laughs> you can never guess. You never know what's going to happen next. You truly don't. Including this monologue she has about how she has been, like, you know, up up this whole time worried about him she's like i've been taking diet pills to stay awake during the day did you notice i lost a little weight yeah just really pushing her being vain and vapid yeah again as much as this is like maybe even stronger hinting than all the vampire material (laughs) like it is yes this characterization is weak (laughs) um but yeah so basically the ranger guy comes back to save the day, but he is tripped by the dastardly Butcher Moran. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he gets shot, his uniform is stolen, and we're like, oh, oh things are going to get bad for our, our good folks in the Dead End Canyon. <laughs> um, so basically, Mary Beth has a dream that Johnny sneaks away with her to make out, but then ties her up and like cuts her with a carving knife to eat her. Yeah, a um, typical nightmare. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, I'm just fucking sick of nightmares at this point. Yeah. Um, but it's a solid one. Um, oh, oh, here's a really interesting line. Um, considering the kind of butch gender situation of Tracker that we were talking about earlier. Yes. Um, Mary Beth clearly knows that something's going on between Ginger and Johnny. Um, and she says this line. She's like. I don't wear hiking boots, but I'm still a woman. I literally wrote that down. <laughs> that was my, fe- like, femininity is defined by how butch you are. Like, your hiking boots. I love it. Yeah, it's, like, it is such an interesting kind of genderqueer thing to trot out in this extremely heteropatriarchal television show. Yes. Um... And then they, they feed her some, what they call, leg of rabbit, but then they reveal it is arm of Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You know what? Maybe this episode's great. <laughs> In its own way. <laughs> oh, certainly. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so they, they hear on the radio that their backwoods guide has been found shot to death. And this is where they reveal his name, which is Ben Carson. <laughs> yeah, that really, that stumped me. 
yeah, a- another choice. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when when Ben Carson burst onto the scene. Um, <laughs> Good point. But so I, I I think this is just kind of happenstance that this is his name. But it is a it is a weird a we- weird to hear. And it was so, like the whole sh- episode so far had been so buck wild. My brain convinced myself is is a Canadian series. So I was like, they may <laughs> just not know who Ben Carson is. I was like, wait a minute. No, it's not. Yeah, it is not. <laughs> And okay, so he became the director of pediatric neurosurgery at Johns Hopkins in 1984. Um, I don't know necessarily how famous that would have made him, but that was six years before this show came out. So he was a public figure for quite a while. Hmm. I don't know if I want to give these writers the credit of doing that much research. But also, what what research? Like, because... It's not a reference. This guy's not a doctor. It, this character has nothing in common with Ben Carson. Maybe they heard, like read a Newsweek article about him or something, and th- his name was just kind of in the back of their brain. Yeah, just kind of take it, use it, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, I wish I could remember any line from that Daft Punk song. Where it's, oh, it's like, like buy it, use it, fix it, name it. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so... He's with Ginger again, and he's like, the thought of being with Mary Beth sickens me. Um, but, you know, but she's perfect for his lifestyle, so. Yeah. Um, so he's trying to fuck Ginger. Mary Beth wakes up. She rolls over on the grass like it's a bed. Yeah. Oh, the way she was gripping the hay, I was like, this is too comfortable. Yeah. It's, 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 for, for, for the type of character that she is, it's like, it, it's, it's peculiar. Yeah. Um, she has another dream where her body parts are like labeled for the butcher where like flank and ribs or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm really, I'm losing the plot on this. I don't know what's happening. Um, okay. So basically there's this kind of love triangle thing playing out, even though Johnny clearly hates Mary Beth. Mary Beth has her own reasons for doing whatever she does and i, I don't i'm not pretty sure there. yeah we'll give her motives <laughs> yeah um and so eventually it's like johnny her or me and they have they you know they both kind of give him the ultimatum and he's like we could take turns and they're like no we have to eat one of us i see i thought again you can never predict what's gonna happen i was really hoping they were gonna eat him Oh, and yeah, we were going to go for a sexy lesbian route. Yeah. Because so far it had been so horny, anything could have happened. Oh, yeah. And um, I think I, I think the episode that I'm referring to is going to actually come out. Yeah, it's going to come out after this one that we're recording airs. Um, okay. But there is an episode, I think three episodes from now, where there is a like duplicitous murder lesbian twist. Ooh, love that. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> But we could have had two. I wouldn't have minded. Yeah, you know, representation matters. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's so funny. Um, you know, obviously, like the all hand wringing about like, you know, casting queer people as villains. Um, and obviously, it's a thing where it's like in a perfect world, it doesn't matter who's a villain or a hero because everyone is everything. Um, yeah, sure. But the thing is, even now, like most queer people that I know are like, hell yeah. I love a, a good murderous, a duplicitous queer who's ruining yeah. everything. I enjoy fun media. Oh yeah, that is that is the vibe that I want. She's already so butch. Just take it all the way. No, let's do it. 
Um, okay, so um, Butcher Moran falls into the ravine and they immediately eat him. So it's like, why have we been setting him up as this danger this whole time? He could have been literally anyone. He's gone. He just go right for it. Yeah. Like, he could have been the park ranger. He could have been, I don't know, just some hiker. But no, he's Butcher Moran, the escaped convict. Um, but so the cops are the, I guess that's sort of why they're like, well, we're working backwards from this search team looking for Butcher Moran, finding the ravine. Yeah. And they have a, like, smelling eye dog? What's it called? A tracker dog? Oh, a a bloodhound. Yeah. (laughs) Um, oh, you know what? Butcher Moran does set us up for a very good bit with the dog later. Yes. No, it's. It, I think what you're referring to is right now where, where Mary Beth burps and the dog smells her mouth. Yes. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. <laughs> um, Yeah. And then basically they get taken away by the park ranger and they make a reference to like, he's like, oh, I have food. And they're like, oh, what would you like? Thigh, arm, rump. And it's like, oh, they have the flesh madness. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, apparently now, this whole time, they've been, like, pretty normal, just plagued by nightmares. But now, oh, no, they're just straight up monstrous cannibals. It's like, what? Well, yeah, no, it's, it's there. that is a thing that, at least I've, that seems common in cannibal narratives, where it's, like, after your first take. It, it's like a Lay's, where you can't have just one. True. But they hadn't set up that they were crazed for meat at this point. Yeah, it's like they were just eating to survive and now they're now they're like preparing to just murder the world uh and they just heard that the ranger was dead and then this guy falls into the canyon so now you don't know how long you're gonna be there might as well yeah exactly um that's i i I don't blame them um (laughs) but yeah the episode seems to (laughs) um freddy in in freddy's liminal space um there's like there's a man with an apple in his mouth like a like a suckling pig um he's like Freddy's Farms just pop in the oven in three minutes he's ready to eat bet you can't eat just one and I was like excuse me Freddy I know we're <laughs> I know we're in this fantasy horror realm but nothing no meat that big is going to cook in three minutes in the oven that was among the things in that scene that were upsetting that was definitely a takeaway for me yeah it is I mean that's the most upsetting to me <laughs> I was like, that is, is a raw, still living man, and you think three minutes? <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to eat rare human. You know, I don't know where it's been. Yeah, uh, it it's just gross. <laughs> and the gravy he just kept dumping on that dude's head—that was horrible. Uh, to be that man, where <laughs> God, is he I now? I wish that were me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look if you. You know, if you've got very specific Nightmare on Elm Street vor fantasies, this episode is for you. Yeah, truly. Um, so, Rex, um, we have concluded this episode. Final thoughts. Was this episode a dream? Was it a nightmare? Or did it put you to sleep? Oh, gosh. You know, it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a It's a smorgasbord. Yeah, I would say the first half was definitely a nightmare, but by the time we get to the end, I was having fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, th- I think I will err on the side of dream on this one. Yeah, so- I think so too. If only for Mary Beth so horribly repelling herself off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, the falling off a cliff just, oh, that really got me. That was really fun. 
What could be better? The I may not have hiking boots, but I'm still a woman. Like, ah, uh, iconic line. Yeah, like get that. I w I want that on like a decal that I can put above my bed on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just. Uh, this is so irrelevant, but I the reason I thought about that as a thing that exists is because there are Twilight ones with like quotes from Edward that I think about all the time. Oh, what do you mean? Well, where it's like I, I could not tell you the quote that it is, but it's some romantic oh, quote gosh. that Edward says, and there's this like wall decal that's like Edward's silhouette, like life size, and it's got the quote just written, and you oh, can just wow. stick it to your wall. Wow, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I gotta see how many of those there are. I like, don't. Are there other characters? I gotta get in on this. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a this is a good market. I think if you expand to other properties, I, I think this is this is a niche that we're missing out on. Also, as people, you know, people are staying at home. They they want to improve the interiors of their houses. And what better way? Uh, just like fill your walls with friends all talking to you. <laughs> With only one quote, but they're still talking to you. Yeah. I was like, that actually sounds terrible. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's like, it's like the TVs by... in Fahrenheit 451, just like surrounded on all sides. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'd freak out a little bit. And then with the one quote, they're kind of like NPCs in Skyrim or something. Oh, God, yeah. Anyway, um, Rex, where can people find you out on the internet and also your Twitch stream one more time? Yes, my Twitch stream is twitch.tv slash trick disco. And on Twitter, I am trick underscore disco. Someday I'll get the actual one. But uh, yeah, I stream every <laughs> weekday, uh, Monday through Friday, noon to four Pacific Standard Time. Wow, that is true commitment. Good job. Thank you. Well, it's, it's quarantine. <laughs> well, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, um, it's the world we live in. But still, that is, look, I mean, what I did, look, I am not lucky enough to be able to work from home. So now I am, like, leaving the house to work. Uh, um, yeah, boo, it sucks. Yeah, um, boo hiss. Yeah, uh, not a fan. But I was at home, like, with literally nothing to do for two and a half months. And I don't think I could have mustered the energy to do a four-hour Twitch stream almost every day. Um I was mainly it was I was mainly in the mood of let's stare at a wall and listen to audiobooks. Oh, see, you have the attention span for books. I have the attention span for video game, and that's it. You know, it's different intelligences. You know, true, very true. I've got the the street smarts. I don't know. This joke is not actually going to work, so I'm just going to got the book smarts because you're reading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem. But also, uh, yeah. but also, I didn't want it. See, the thing, the thing that tripped me up is that I was like, I should have committed to the bit of this joke because I didn't want to say book smarts because I didn't want to imply that you didn't have book smarts because you are incredibly intelligent. Oh, true. We are college friends, so yeah, exactly. you do know that I have a degree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it just, it just didn't work. I had, I, I did not bail soon enough. Anyway. Uh, we've all been there. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brins and Instagram at The Burning Clem. Our artwork was created by Henry Hall. If you'd like to support trans artists, and you should, you can send him a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. Rate and review us wherever you get us. And next episode. So. 
Oh, boy. Um, Rex will be joining us on this episode one more time. Here's the synopsis. After Kim leaves her job to pursue her dream of writing a novel, her husband David convinces her to make an erotic recording on a 976 number to bring in extra cash. But Kim starts to have a mental breakdown when an obsessed caller begins murdering. <laughs> Meanwhile, after reading Kim's manuscript, David wonders if Kim has herself assumed the murderous, sexually deviant personality of the heroine of her novel. <laughs> That's the longest synopsis of one of these shows, and it is... It's worth worth every word because it is. There's a lot going on. You bet. Oh my god. But yeah. Until then, sweet dreams, everybody. Bye bye.